Welcome back to the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast. On today's episode, we'll go over the topic of sinusitis from the ear, nose, and throat section on MedBullets.com. Let's start this episode with a clinical snapshot. A 14-year-old boy presents with recurrent nasal congestion and left suborbital pain of two weeks duration. One week prior to the onset of these symptoms, he described having a cold. On physical exam, there is pain over the left maxillary sinus. A CT of the head shows left maxillary sinusitis. Now, let's get into the episode. As a quick introduction, sinusitis is defined as infection of the paranasal sinus due to an undrained collection of pus. Note that the maxillary sinuses are most commonly involved, but can involve any sinus. The infection can be bacterial, whether acute or chronic, or fungal. Risk factors include cartaginer disease, cystic fibrosis, Wegner's granulomatosis, and smoking, which can impair ciliary function. Acute sinusitis is defined as duration of less than one month, sudden onset, and is most commonly caused by streptococcus pneumoniae, haemophilus influenza, and moraxella catarralis. This is usually precipitated by an acute viral respiratory tract infection, which is thought to lead to reduced clearance of mucus. Know that inflammation can cause swelling of the mucosa of the nose or sinuses, causing occlusion or obstruction of the sinus ostea. In addition, mucociliary transport is reduced. Chronic sinusitis is defined as greater than 12 consecutive weeks duration. The role of bacteria is not well supported, and the diagnosis criteria revolves around inflammation, which predisposes to ostea obstruction, further inflammation, and infection. Associated bacteria include Staphylococcus aureus, anaerobes, and gram-negatives. Other risks include systemic disease, anatomic anomalies, mucociliary dysfunction, trauma, noxious chemicals such as pollutants or smoke, and medications. Now let's talk about invasive fungal rhinosinusitis and non-invasive fungal rhinosinusitis. Risks of invasive fungal rhinosinusitis include immunosuppressed patients, patients with diabetes, and steroid use. Invasive fungal rhinosinusitis is most commonly due to aspergillus, followed by mucormycosis. Suspect this with a fever, localization of symptoms such as orbital swelling, changes in vision, or significant facial pain or numbness, and nasal bleeding. Endoscopy may show mucosal necrosis, which is indicative of mucormycosis. Know that mucormycosis grows rapidly and can invade the vasculature, causing ischemia. Non-invasive fungal rhinosinusitis can be secondary to a fungus ball in the sinuses. This is caused by allergic or non-allergic reaction to fungus. Moving on to the presentation of sinusitis, symptoms include fever, facial pain, headache that can radiate to the upper teeth, purulent rhinorrhea, congestion, and loss of smell. On physical exam, classically these patients will have facial tenderness with palpation over the involved sinus. Moving on to evaluation slash diagnosis, sinusitis is primarily a clinical diagnosis. As far as imaging, plain radiographs have fallen out of favor due to poor sensitivity, therefore CT scans are typically used. Know that evaluation slash diagnosis can also involve nasal endoscopy. Invasive fungal rhinosinusitis is diagnosed with biopsy slash histology, and CT can be obtained to evaluate the extent of disease. A fungal ball can appear dark, crumbly, and can possibly have sporulation. Histology will show tangled hyphae. Finally, with respect to allergic fungal rhinosinusitis, histology shows inflammatory cells, eosinophils, and charcoal-laden crystals and hyphae. Now, let's talk about the treatment of sinusitis. Acute sinusitis can be treated with supportive therapy for seven days. Analgesia such as Tylenol, nasal saline irrigation, decongestants, and adequate hydration can be used. 
No antibiotics are typically used unless there is no clinical improvement during the observation period or if there's a temperature of greater than 38.3 degrees Celsius. When antibiotics are indicated, they are used for 10 to 14 days and know that amoxicillin clavulanate is first line. In the setting of chronic sinusitis, treatment in general is unclear. Some studies suggest improvement with antibiotics such as macrolides and topical or oral steroids. Surgery can be indicated if not responsive to antibiotic therapy to improve ventilation and drainage. This includes a maxillary sinusotomy, ethmoidectomy, or sphenoid sinusotomy. Treatment of an invasive fungal rhinosinusitis, if possible, is reversal of the immunocompromised state. Other treatments include early aggressive medical treatment, for example amphotericin B, and surgical debridement. Fungus balls are treated with an endoscopic removal. Finally, allergic fungal rhinosinusitis is treated with an endoscopic removal of nasal polyps and incipated mucus. Allergic fungal rhinosinusitis patients can also be treated with a prednisone taper. Now, let's end this review session talking about prognosis and complications of sinusitis. The prognosis is generally good in acute bacterial sinusitis, but can be fatal in diabetic or immunocompromised patients with invasive fungal disease. Complications include osteomyelitis, mucosal, meningitis, epidural abscess, cerebral abscess, orbital-slash-periorbital cellulitis, and cavernous sinus thrombosis. Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over a few questions to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic has been tested on past exams. First question. A 30-year-old previously healthy male presents to your office with complaints of facial pressure and rhinorrhea for the past three weeks. The patient reports that several weeks prior, he had a common cold which resolved. However, he has since developed worsening facial pressure, especially over his cheeks and forehead. He reports over one week of green-tinged rhinorrhea. His temperature is 100.1 degrees Fahrenheit or 37.8 degrees Celsius. Blood pressure is 120 over 70 millimeters of mercury. Pulse is 85 per minute and respirations are 15 per minute. Nasal exam reveals edematous turbinates and purulent discharge. What is the most likely diagnosis? And the choices are 1. Acute viral rhinosinusitis. 2. Acute bacterial rhinosinusitis. 3. Subacute bacterial rhinosinusitis. 4. Allergic rhinitis and 5. Chronic rhinosinusitis. The correct answer to this question is 2. Acute bacterial rhinosinusitis. So the patient's presentation with sinus pressure, purulent discharge of less than 4 weeks, is most consistent with the diagnosis of acute bacterial rhinosinusitis. To quickly review, rhinosinusitis is inflammation of the nasal mucosa and paranasal sinuses. The etiology of rhinosinusitis can be viral, bacterial, or fungal, with viral rhinosinusitis typically being self-limited and resolving within 7 to 10 days. The condition is also classified based on the duration of symptoms, that is, acute rhinosinusitis is defined as symptoms lasting less than 4 weeks, subacute defined as between 4 and 12 weeks, and chronic defined as greater than 12 weeks. The most common bacteria associated with rhinosinusitis are Streptococcus pneumoniae, Haemophilus influenza, and Moraxella catarralis. Aring and Chan present an overview of sinusitis including diagnosis and management. They suggest that antibiotic use be reserved for patients who have symptoms lasting beyond the typical window of viral rhinosinusitis or whose symptoms are worsening. They also suggest avoidance of radiographic testing in uncomplicated cases of rhinosinusitis as imaging results do little to change management. Rosenfeld et al. present clinical practice guidelines for adult sinusitis. They suggest the use of amoxicillin with or without clavulanite as first-line therapy once the decision has been made to treat with antibiotics. In addition, they recommend analgesics, 
topical intranasal steroids, and or nasal saline irrigation for symptomatic relief. To quickly go over the incorrect answers, answer 1, viral rhinosinusitis typically is self-resolving and does not present with purulent drainage. Answer 3, subacute rhinosinusitis is between 4 and 12 weeks in duration. Answer 4, allergic rhinitis does not present with sinus pressure, pain, and purulent rhinorrhea. And finally, answer 5, chronic rhinosinusitis is greater than 12 weeks in duration. Moving on to the next question. An 8-year-old female presents to her pediatrician with nasal congestion. Her mother reports that the patient has had nasal congestion and nighttime cough for almost two weeks. The patient's three-year-old brother has had similar symptoms that began around the same time and have since resolved. The patient initially seemed to be improving, but four days ago she began developing worsening nasal drainage and fever to 102.6 degrees Fahrenheit or 39.2 degrees Celsius at home. Her mother denies any change in appetite. The patient denies sore throats, ear pain, and headache. She's otherwise healthy. In her office, her temperature is 102.2 degrees Fahrenheit or 39 degrees Celsius. Blood pressure is 96 over 71 millimeters of mercury. Pulse is 128 per minute and respirations are 18 per minute. On physical exam, the nasal turbinates are edematous and erythematous. She has a dry cough. Purulent mucus can be visualized dripping from the posterior nasopharynx. Her maxillary sinuses are tender to palpation. Which of the following organisms is most likely to be causing this patient's current condition? And the choices are 1. Adenovirus, 2. Moraxella catarralis, 3. Pseudomonas aeruginosa, 4. Staphylococcus aureus, and 5. Streptococcus pyogenes. The correct answer to this question is 2. Moraxella catarralis. So this patient is presenting with fever, cough, purulent nasal discharge, and tender maxillary sinuses, which suggests a diagnosis of acute bacterial rhinosinusitis. Of the answer choices, Moraxella catarralis is the most common cause of acute bacterial rhinosinusitis. To quickly review, acute bacterial rhinosinusitis classically presents with cough, purulent nasal drainage, facial pain, and swelling, as well as fever. As seen in this patient, viral rhinosinusitis is the most frequent predisposing factor for acute bacterial rhinosinusitis. The most common infectious agents are Streptococcus pneumoniae, Haemophilus influenzae, and Moraxella catarralis. Due to increasing antibiotic resistance, the treatment of choice is oral amoxicillin clavulonic acid. To quickly go over the incorrect answers, answer 1, adenovirus is a common cause of viral rhinosinusitis, but this patient's worsening symptoms and purulent drainage are more consistent with a bacterial rhinosinusitis. Answer 3, Pseudomonas aeruginosa is a more common cause of rhinosinusitis in immunocompromised patients with indwelling nasal tubes. Answer 4, Staphylococcus aureus has been associated with chronic sinusitis but is not a common pathogen causing acute bacterial rhinosinusitis. And finally, answer 5, Streptococcus pyogenes commonly causes pharyngitis, but Streptococcus pneumoniae is the Streptococcus species that commonly causes acute bacterial rhinosinusitis. To leave you with a bullet summary, the most common causes of acute bacterial rhinosinusitis are Streptococcus pneumoniae, non-typable Haemophilus influenzae, and Moraxella catarralis. And moving on to the final question. A 5-year-old male presents to the pediatrician with a 10-day history of cough that is worse at night. The patient has a history of mild intermittent asthma and has been using his albuterol inhaler without relief. He has been complaining of headache and sore throat and his mother has noticed worsening rhinorrhea. The patient's past medical history is otherwise unremarkable, and he has no known drug allergies. In the office, his temperature is 101.8 degrees Fahrenheit or 38.8 degrees Celsius, blood pressure is 88 over 65 millimeters of mercury, 
pulse is 132 per minute, and respirations are 16 per minute. The patient has purulent mucus draining from the nares, and his face is tender to palpation over the maxillary sinuses. His pharynx is erythematous with symmetric swelling of the tonsils. On lung exam, he has moderate bilateral expiratory wheezing. Which of the following is the best next step in management? And the choices are 1. Amoxicillin, 2. Amoxicillin clavulonic acid, 3. Ampicillin sulbactam, 4. Clindamycin, and 5. Levofloxacin. The correct answer to this question is 2. Amoxicillin clavulonic acid. So this patient presents with a 10-day history of fever, headache, sore throat, purulent mucus draining from the nares, and tenderness of the maxillary sinuses, which suggests a diagnosis of acute bacterial rhinosinusitis. The best initial treatment is amoxicillin clavulonic acid. The most common causative organisms of acute bacterial rhinosinusitis are streptococcus pneumoniae, haemophilus influenzae, and moraxella catarralis. And due to the high rates of beta-lactamase positivity, the first-line therapy for acute bacterial rhinosinusitis is amoxicillin clavulonic acid. Levofloxacin should be used for patients with an allergy to penicillin. To quickly go over the incorrect answers, answer 1, amoxicillin alone would not be appropriate management as many isolates of streptococcus pneumoniae, haemophilus influenzae, and moraxella catarralis have been shown to be beta-lactamase positive and therefore non-susceptible to amoxicillin. Answer 3, ampicillin sulbactam provides coverage against oral anaerobes and is appropriate empiric management of pyogenic odontogenic infections, peritonsillar abscess, and Ludwig's angina. It is not used in the management of acute bacterial rhinosinusitis. Answer 4, clindamycin provides coverage against both oral anaerobes and methicillin-resistant Staphylococcus aureus or MRSA, and similar to ampicillin sulbactam, can be used for pyogenic odontogenic infections, peritonsillar abscess, and Ludwig's angina. It is not used to treat acute bacterial rhinosinusitis. Finally, answer 5, levofloxacin, may be used as a second-line therapy for acute bacterial rhinosinusitis in patients with an allergy to penicillin, but amoxicillin clavulonic acid would be the most appropriate initial choice in this patient. To leave you with a bullet summary, the treatment of choice for acute bacterial rhinosinusitis is amoxicillin clavulonic acid to cover the most common causative organisms, which are streptococcus pneumoniae, haemophilus influenzae, and moraxella catarralis. That's all for this review about sinusitis. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast, a daily audio review session by MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. Keep in mind that these podcasts are designed to go along with the topics on MedBullets.com, and in fact, you can listen to these episodes right on the MedBullets website or mobile app while going through the topic. If you've gotten any value from the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast so far, please consider leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Also, if you aren't already, be sure to follow MedBullets on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for daily high-yield content. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow right here on the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast.